0: Tackle Talk, the men's health podcast. Three guys tackling all things men's health, head on.
1: Well, it's been a while since we've done any podcasting and there's been various reasons for that, but we've got- um, Just
2: bone idleness, um, that's what it is, Andrew.
1: Well, we're very busy people, I think.
2: Well, I, am, I am very busy.
1: I must say, actually, you're looking, you're looking pretty good these days, Eddie you know, compared with, uh, when I last saw you.
2: What do you, what do you mean? I've just got, I've cut my hair. Is well, that what you when,
1: when we last did the podcast. Yeah, you're looking very sleek.
2: I've cut my hair. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for noticing. I cycled over here. La, yeah. So, um, just, uh, it's just a constant struggle actually.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, today is quite exciting because we've got a, a special, uh, well, the new participant in the podcast and, um, hopefully it's going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, we've got, uh, We've now got three doctors on the podcast.
2: That, that, that's exactly yeah. right. Three doctors. Yeah, exactly.
1: Two, two medical doctors and a doctor of marine zoology.
2: Mer, marine, marine biology. Biology, marine, sorry.
1: Zoology. Okay. Honestly. All right. But anyway, we're not going to talk anything about mollusks or coral. Um, today, different podcast. we've got Dr. Lloyd Evans, Hello. who's um, a GP from who hails from Wales and uh, he's, he's got a special interest in, in men's health and that sort of complements our podcast quite nicely. So welcome Lloyd. Thank you very much, pleasure to be here. Um, so you are been in Australia for a few years but um, you've recently started up a, a new health project directed at um, improving men's health. Could you tell
3: us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So I've been in WA now two years, over from uh, Cardiff, Wales. Uh, Obviously met you two uh, on the side of a rugby pitch two years ago now, which is mad. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm a GP. I work about an hour up north of Perth. Um, But only this weekend actually launched uh, a website for Man Health Clinic, which is uh, a, a GP orientated clinic, uh, I am a GP after all, uh, that specifically looks at all men's health issues. So not your stereotypical uh, erectile dysfunction, hair loss, and sexual dysfunction, uh, but all the other stuff that might surround men's health. I can see Addy's desperate to chip in already. Go for it.
2: Not at all. No? Okay, I I will. I'm just going to add into some of those afflictions. So yeah. what?
3: What are the? What's the website called? What's the website address? So it is www.manhealth.com.au.
2: I can't believe that that website wasn't taken. I know. I mean, like, how is Man Health not taken?
3: I've got yeah. a very clever wife who found it, oh, did she? staked her claim. Was there not?
2: Was there? Was there a, some? What do they call them? Cyber cities? Was there someone sitting? At do you me? know what there do is? You, one. Do, you, do you have to pay someone off to get? that? Do you
3: know what there is? A ManHealth.com oh. and. Uh, it's, I think, a, a guy from America who's staring at the camera saying, if you want this website, you need to pay us uh, a lot. Yeah. So, oh, uh,
2: lunatic.
1: So I sidestepped him and... <laughs> Just, yeah. got the dot com Just got, dot got the it a- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no. doesn't, doesn't really matter what's yeah, after the dot .com, does it? No.
2: You no. don't want to have the dot .net, though. There's something weird about dot .net, isn't there? Have yeah. you ever seen a website that's something, manhealth.net? You're not mm. hitting that website. No, anyway, back to,
1: talk- back to your um, your project. So yeah. it is it is interesting because there are quite a few uh, heavily promoted services out there that re- uh, target very much things like hair loss and erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. and um, we won't name them. But it does appear that when you look behind the the flashy sort of ads and the the apps, it's really a a bit of an entrepreneurial exercise mm-hmm. in in money-making by prescribing um, medications and treatments for, for ailments that give men a lot of anxiety. So how does your um, offering differ from that? hundred oh, percent.
3: No, it's, it's, uh, I think you've, you're spot on there. Um, you know, these, these websites, these clinics have their use for sure. I'm, I'm not completely going to, Put those down at all. Um, however, mine uh, I hope offers a personalised approach. They're, they are face to face appointments, uh, as well as video appointments and telephone appointments. Um, and I'm really looking at the whole man health, not just certain aspects that might be more affluent for physicians, maybe. Um, so I'm I'm looking to to approach. The whole men's health, so that being mental health, cardiovascular health, bone health, muscular health, uh, male genital health, urological health. I'll try and cover everything and give men that sort of whole package. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, we'll start. We'll start slow and low, and we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a, interesting.
1: It's a great idea because a lot of health, the way the health system is designed with you know subspecialization, which seems to be getting uh you know more and more um prevalent is that uh health is fragmented and and so patients come along to see for a certain problem um but they have other issues as well which are all part of the puzzle and um gps traditionally um do play a great role in putting that all together um but you know there's lots of other issues that GPs have to deal with, and and so you're you're focusing on on men's health. Yeah. Um. And are you looking at all ages or?
3: Yeah. Well, I'm going to start off going 18 and above. Um. Just again starting out, just see how it goes. Um. And it, I think it simplifies things a little bit more just dealing with adults uh, yeah. for now. But definitely have a vision of looking at sort of maybe 14 and above, 12 yeah. and above. We will see. Um. And going all the way up uh, to over seventy, over eighty, even the centurions or centenarians. What would you call? Yeah, yeah. Uh, octogenarians, etc. So, um, yeah, and I think anecdotally, Andrew, we've we've spoken before. As, as you being a specialist, you you don't have the luxury of time. You're seeing lots and lots of guys coming through. You're a surgeon. You you want to operate. That's your. That's what you've trained to do. And as, as you say, you're recognising lots of other problems in these guys that aren't being addressed, and, and I think these guys maybe don't feel comfortable addressing them with a, a GP on a street corner or their wives' GPs or partners, girlfriends, etc. So what I'm hoping to do is, yeah, grab those guys and say, "Come and see me. I, I'm I'm just like them. Uh, I'm 34. I'm young. I'm enthusiastic. Um, I think can't believe how young he
2: is. He's young. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you doesn't,
3: don't want to ask Lloyd how old
1: his father is because he's not much older than me.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's true.
1: Do you know what? And we've got kids. You've just turned.
3: Well, I won't. Don't tell. Won't them, don't age. tell everyone my no, age. No, no, no. no. Okay. Um,
2: he, does, he doesn't look thirty-four, though, does he? Really? Does he uh,
1: it's that. It's yeah. There's a certain bearing of um, wisdom it. and and maturity.
3: That wasn't what I was getting at. Oh, what yeah. are you saying? Yeah. I'm looking. at... I'm, I'm balding. I've got grey in my beard. I will say. Uh, we've got boys all the same age. Uh, So then you think, how how have we got boys that are exactly the same age and we span three decades' worth of birth dates? My son is 18. uh, Sorry, my son is 16, like all of yours. I was 18 having him. So let's get that out there. Yeah, know, (laughs) not not, early. Yeah, not recommended. Um, uh, But, but hey, that's... I
1: think it's just testimony to how um, rugged and durable sperm are.
2: Over <laughs> over, a, over a man's
1: lifetime. What a link?
2: We can <laughs> that we can still forget. You know, that is true. Yeah. I like to think about. A it was fun.
1: in but Robert De Niro's. Just had a kid,
3: apparently.
2: How old Robert De Niro? Seventies? 17?
3: Must be 80 I isn't he?
2: No. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's. I mean. Wow. Hey, I like Robert De Niro.
3: Though. Yeah. It also it also supports how horny eighteen year old boys are. Maybe like, oh, slash irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I need that bit of TLC. Yeah. Else?
1: Look, I think I think that's a great. Um, great that you're covering you know the whole span of, of manhood um I guess from I can give you my perspective is that you know we see a lot of patients in their sort of 50s and beyond and I'm a you know urologist kidney and prostate surgeon and a lot of the times they come referred with a, a concern about a prostate issue um and that they often ask me look what can I do in my life to um, look after my prostate? And and yeah, I sort of say to them, you know, it does not make any sense to be so organ specific because yeah. you really have to, you know, make sure everything, all the other boxes in your uh, are ticked, and you need a, ho- a plan for the whole of your your wellness and health and well being. Yeah, um, and there's no point. There's often no point coming to see me, even though prostate cancer is a you know big killer of men um most we always say to patients that the biggest killer of patients who are diagnosed with prostate cancer is actually heart disease yeah Yeah. so there's no point coming to see me worried about your prostate unless you've you know you're looking after your blood pressure you've got your weight sorted out um you're eating healthy you're exercising regularly you've got you know good relationships good mental health sleeping well all those sorts of things (laughs) And then you can start worrying about your prostate, yeah. Um, because all of those other things are probably going to kill you or, you know, have detrimental effects on your health if they're not looked after before. Yeah. Before my side of things is, I know I'm not selling my uh, services very well there, no, but, no. Uh, but you have to be honest with these people, yeah. and uh, you know, if they're overweight, diabetic, hypertensive, smoking, there's no no point in me trying to save them from prostate cancer. Yeah.
3: Um, if, I, if I use a similar similar analogy and correct me if I'm wrong, but I tell a lot of my patients now that most guys die with prostate cancer, not of prostate cancer, right? And I assume
1: that's still true. I think that, true. yeah, I think we have to be careful when we say that. That yeah. that probably is true to some extent. But as guys like you or doctors like you are getting better at their jobs of make, of improving longevity yeah. of men, more yeah. and more of them will actually mm develop prostate cancer and if not picked up early will die of it and yeah i mean that's a, a subject for another day but mm. the burden of late diagnosis of cancer in terms of cost of the patient cost to the community yeah. f- the health um purse is much greater if you diagnose it later than earlier yeah. so yeah, yeah um yeah but i think uh you know prevention uh preventative healthcare, early detection of problems is is um is proven to be beneficial, I think, um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, what, what the service that you're offering is great. Eddie, do you have any perspectives on that? What are sort of the sort of things you know from a from a? Well, you're not quite a lay person, but
2: I, I am. I am in this context.
1: You are in this context, okay. So, but you're a middle-aged male who's you know yeah. starting to there's some little things that are starting to
2: creep in being,
1: being noticed that might be to do with the passage of time. And tell us, tell us, go for it. It's true.
2: No, no. We don't have to be personal, but but, you know, I just, like I said, just asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I think I look, I think, I think, you know, I'm probably the key constituent. I mean, I know, I know this, you're sort of hoping to span a whole range of people, but if, if I'm anything to go from it, you know, you go within your, your sort of your early twenties, and you, mm-hmm. you're generally quite fit if you're trying, to, you know, if you're looking after yourself, obviously. And um, it's really in your thirties, it's really in your forties. You know, I'm I'm forty-four now, and where you start to sort of things start to come off, okay. you know, yeah, fall yeah. off that, yeah, come fall off the wagon a little bit, you know, in terms of your your body. You know, I've had a sort of career playing rugby, and my body is starting to. It's starting to show it's wearing that. But, but I think, specifically in terms of the me- mental health, I mean, like I was saying earlier, just before we started press record, th- the one thing that has actually been quite distinct for me is, is just like, like I said, in terms of just just not, yeah, just have to keep having to get up in the middle of the night yeah. and having your piss. Yeah, yeah. And I, it doesn't actually bother me, but it's just a little bit annoying because you just sort of wake up and you're like, yeah. yeah.
1: But see, that that's something that you can't not notice.
2: I know you. Yeah, I you can't know, there might know, be other things
1: going on which happen very slowly, and you can't, you, you don't quite pick up, up on it. Yeah. Um, apart from <laughs> going grey and losing your hair, yeah. uh, but you know that that's why patients come to us. Yeah. Because they're getting up in the middle of the night um, several times. You know, if common, they have it? prostate problems or whatever, um, because that's something that you can't ignore, and it does affect your quality of your life. So.
2: Well, I mean. It, it Affects your quality of sleep, right? quality which sleep. Will, which yeah. will Affects yeah. your quality of life. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not really a problem for me in the sense, you know, I just, I just have a piss and I go back to bed. But it's a little bit, a little mm. bit annoying.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it sums up then what you were saying earlier, Andrew, about there's probably. It's not just okay, yeah. My prostate's getting a bit bigger now. There's the sleep implications. There's the mental health implications of not sleeping, and there's the worry. Um, Then we start thinking: actually, is it nothing to do with your prostate, Addy? Yeah. uh, Have you 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 started drinking six pints a night? You know, or you know, uh, you now... You know, you sleep deprived, so you're starting to have a coffee every evening uh, to try and stay awake to spend a bit of time with the wife and kids. And, and actually, that's what's making you pee more. And it's a vicious circle, you know. And that, that's where this whole man approach, I think, is really important. Yeah. It's not just the prostate. Um, there's yeah. probably a lot more going on. I know?
2: think it may be the six pints, actually. Yes, there
3: you go. I may have to cut down. I'm looking at six your pints. belly. I, I wouldn't, it doesn't <laughs> surprise me, to be
1: honest. I may, ha- I
2: may have to cut down in the six pints now. Let's just do four. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's mu- there's multifactorial, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's and,
2: just an example.
1: Though, well, it? I think it's quite a good example because yeah. it does relate to things like, you know, if you went and saw Lloyd, um, he would ask you about, you know, mental health. Is it, are you getting up because you're anxious about yeah. something? Um, Are you not sleeping because you've got sleep apnea and you're not, you're not breathing properly? Uh Is there some medication that you've just started taking you know and then maybe it might be it might be your prostate it might be fl- excessive fluid intake Diabetes why, why, why are you dark. drinking six pints at night Eddie is there something just to,
2: to dull the pain Andrew. pat <laughs> well the pain in the knees right yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work Eddie
3: pull back
1: there's someone you can talk to he's sitting right next to you so you're
3: talking about your 40s I reckon I can go one better so three weeks ago I I broke a tooth now you think okay you broke your tooth. That's, but. A, that's tooth. I tooth, tooth, What
2: was going on there? Is that the Welsh? pronunciation? Of, well, what um, is it? I, I nev- don't know. i never heard tooth. <laughs> tooth. You tooth. broke your tooth. Tooth. So, tooth. yeah. What is it? That yeah. Tooth. It's a
3: tooth. Tooth. So, yeah. so I broke one of them. Yeah. Uh, uh I'll blame my wife's lasagna on on the first one that I broke. Uh oh, I hope she's not listening. Uh, anyway, it's, it's so dangerous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, she won't listen to this. I don't think anyone will listen to this or they will see. I've but, tried uh, your wife's cooking. It's very good. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Um I've tried your wife's cooking as well. Did you know? All right, that's just my wife's it's topic. That party, remember? <laughs> okay. The All Keys right. in the bowl. One. <laughs> um no, so so I, I broke my tooth. Uh, uh yeah, one evening. For me, so I'm 34, and I thought, cracky that. For me, I had to take a day off work the next day to go and have emergency surgery. So it cost me a day's wages. It cost me a couple hundred dollars to get my my tooth fixed. And three weeks later, I did exactly the same thing again. Same tooth? Different tooth. So or tooth, sorry. So yeah, so so in the space of three weeks, I'm suddenly going. Hang on, what is going on here? Something's not right. I'm not doing something right now. Okay, I'm getting away with it. It's it's my teeth. It's not my heart. It's not my lungs. It's not my brain, but it's something. And I think uh, yeah, for me, it's that wake up call of okay, okay, I'm I'm mid thirties. If it's my teeth now, is it my knees in my forties? Yeah, you know? Is jeez. it my prostate in my fifties? And then is it my heart in my sixties and it's and it's goodbye. You know? Who oh, knows?
2: I know. <laughs> Let's That's got an escalation, yeah, isn't it?
3: Well it is over the next thirty years, possibly. Yeah. So for me, I, I've gone right. Something's changing. You know,
2: well, I got what, away with what it. What was it? What is it? Um, are you not taking? Did calcium?
3: Calcium. Um, so do you know what? I, that was asked. So calcium. Uh, I drink plenty of. Uh, I get plenty of calcium. Milk, cheese. Not great for my cholesterol, but drinking good, tea good for my bones. Coke. You're not drinking um, you coke. Uh, do you know what? So we had this conversation off air. There's, I work next to a petrol station. Oh, I drive yeah. an hour home every evening, yeah. and I will. I'll grab a can of diet coke Don't just to it. sort of keep me interested. Yeah. <laughs> Which my wife and kids hate, but anyway, I get home and yeah, a few years of doing that, and here I am breaking do teeth.
2: Re- do you reckon that's what it is? Just dies. Well, I mean, it's clear I, it's, I, to do and
3: dying your teeth. It's it's it actually I had two fillings when I was thirteen that have lasted uh. twenty odd years, and so the dentist, to be fair, said they were probably going to go. Uh. But for me, it's that I've now had to, to miss two days' work, spend a thousand dollars on teeth, Ooh. and you know, it, and it hits. And as a guy who's got to try and pro- provide for a family, and I'm. Sure, you yeah. all get this. Yeah. It's that realization of, and listen, if you look at my website, and I'm gonna do a sort of a, a plug Give here. A plug, let's let's look at the, the top line of my website, which is for you for them. You know, it is for me, but it's also for them, it's for my family that I'm starting to yeah, to yeah. think, you know what, I better sort this out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm six kilos down and uh mate,
2: you're looking, I'm, you I'm, are I'm looking like,
3: fit. I'm now 120 kilos. So <laughs> no. Um
2: <laughs> you're looking so
3: yeah, fit. I'm I'm trying. Not as fit as you though, Addy. I saw those thighs on my way in, so I am jealous.
2: <laughs> I cycled in here today, but but I think I think look, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's something that's well need, you know, well needed, and I'm sure it'd be very successful. I think probably a good thing to do though is like get a little bit of a sense. I know this isn't all about you, but it, hmm. you know, you're you're obviously new to the podcast, and it's it's good to have you on board. It'd be good to get a, just a bit of a sense for your background because I, I think I know you've got quite an interesting background, quite an athletic background, you know, this, so yeah. you, you played quite a high level of sports. So just talk a little bit about how you came to being you know being a gp and how you yeah. came to being in in australia
3: thank you um yeah so i uh, at, at 16 i left school so school back in the uk um and i signed for cardiff city football club who are a uh,
2: good club yeah
3: who have been in the premier league they're, uh, they're
2: at are they in the only championship at the
3: moment they are championship at the moment yeah um it's a long time ago now yeah well, 18 years ago so um
2: so you signed at 16 i
3: signed at 16 so you straight up so a bit
2: of, bit of a prodigy were you well um, like, you had to be i, guess. I,
3: I wasn't Pro- personally I probably wasn't I'd give you a sense of who I played with Aaron Ramsey being probably the most highest uh, high profile guy out there uh, Chris Gunter. Uh, same year group as Gareth Bale. We all mixed. Oh, uh,
1: uh, I've right. heard of, Gareth Bale, heard of yeah, Gareth Bale. I, I don't know who Rans. the other team is. No. Yeah. I know oh, who
2: the other on. team is. No.
1: Not, um, not the big sort of sorry. football followers. Soccer. G-
2: Gareth Bale. I know who he Yeah, they. So there you, you go. go. Gareth Bale? Yeah, yeah, yeah I played against him a few times. i tell you those parts diverged a bit, didn't they? I know. I know. Unfortunately for him, right? Maybe that's why you're not
1: sleeping. You're
3: lying in bed wondering. I Finally, I...
2: Tried a bit harder.
1: Yeah, you know, practice dribbling a bit.
2: Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. I could be a Galactico. Anyway, go on. Yeah, go so on.
3: so we, we played against other. Gareth was at Southampton Academy and I was at Cardiff City. Um, never played with each other, but often against each other. He wouldn't know who I am. But... um so, know so. who so he is. Yeah, I know who can't. he is. That's the uh, the unfortunate thing. Uh, hi, Gareth, if you are listening. I'm sure we'll <laughs> give him another week and he will be. We'll hashtag him. Yeah, there we go. So... Um, uh, yeah, left at 16. I was in the academy from nine. So a big commitment. From Didn't, nine? From nine, I, I got oh, wow. scooped up. Yeah. Oh, so my God. What's
1: that hop? like? Do you go to some sort of army no. camp and they make you sleep with the windows open and cold showers <laughs> in the morning? Is that it, do
2: diff- you know it was pretty?
3: It was pretty brutal back yeah. then. I'll be honest. It's It was three times a week from the age of nine. It was pretty – every Sunday we'd travel about three hours on a bus if we were playing away, God. Exeter, Plymouth. Portsmouth, yeah, went all over the place, um, and my life from the age of nine or ten was was very much around football. Not just my life, my parents. My so president. was
2: it was it was it your parents that were really into it, sort of pushing you into it? Or? No,
3: definitely not the word not not the word pushing at all. Just ve- they were very committed, and, and I think yeah, yeah. I was I knew nothing it. else. I was good. I was I was a big guy. at... Nine, 10, and that yeah. makes a difference in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. children's sports, I'm sure we all agree. Yeah, yeah, And then it all evens out when you hit sort of 16, 17. Yeah, yeah. I was always a tall, strong, quick guy, boy. Um, so yeah, I, I knew nothing else up until 16. Cardiff City then said, We want to offer you full time contract here. Come and be part of our
2: academy,
3: of our well, no, our our setup full time. So oh, I, the, I actually got paid a wage. Yeah. Ah. So I was a, an apprentice, I guess, is what you'd say at 16. And um, yeah, got paid a little bit of a wage. Did you have to wash the boots? Yes, I did.
2: Exactly oh,
1: that. It, that's it, nice. It, yeah. The first that
3: they they do that,
2: don't yes, they? They I've keep you yeah. Keep you grounded. I've seen Ted Lasser. <laughs> and I was
3: and this is probably my problem. I was the best boot cleaner. I was so desperate to impress, I probably spent too much time cleaning boots. Not
2: enough time dribbling. Yeah,
3: and not, not enough time doing all the other stuff that maybe some of the other boys did. So I cleaned I was cleaning uh, Dave Jones, the manager's boots, Michael Chopra, Jason Kumas, all these guys are uh, Back in Wales, a lot of yeah. my mates would be saying, "Oh, wow! You guys obviously have no idea." No but, idea um, like. but no, I, I used to get a Christmas bonus for that. And so,
2: so I, t- t- tell us through. I bet Gareth. By the way, just into. I bet Gareth Bale has never cleaned a boot in his life. He made yeah, the bet, first team at sixty he, he had so. clean looking boots though. I, I, I bet he cleaned his own. <laughs> his <team>. <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd cleaned his boots. Yeah, Jeez. if you go back yeah. and watch
1: some of those old footage. <laughs> Yeah, you can see me there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got
2: them, that's why he's so good. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, so, wow, yeah. so, you're in so, the academy.
3: So, our, our, yeah, academy to, to a, a sort of apprentice. And then, yeah, I, I made reserve team level. She um, just could never break through. So, I went all the way through to 18, got released then at 18. I just, you know, Evan always says, oh, what was it, injury? Or, and I just, Put my hands up and say I probably wasn't good enough. I probably didn't quite want it enough.
2: Sounds like my rugby career. Yeah, actually. that's it. Yeah, I like to think about that. I just actually wasn't good enough. Wasn't good enough. I know <laughs> you can blame
3: ankles and knees and backs, yeah. but I probably wasn't quite there. Yeah, so yeah, uh yeah. at 18, I was either I was adv- I was offered uh, trials at a few other clubs, Um, but that's when Geffin. Uh, yeah, we, popped we all out, know yeah. he popped out. Uh, two weeks before my A-levels, which is sort of the ATAR equivalent. So in the space of two weeks, I was was released from a career that everyone said I was going to make it big time in, potentially, and and so that was one big wow. I then had exams to think about, and then my son was born all in that, Two weeks, sort of two, three week uh, slot. So, yeah, my life was going one way and then yeah. bang, it went another. So,
2: so you were still studying though, you were still at school.
3: Yeah, 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 good point. So, eight hours a week, I would leave the club two and school. go back to my oh, school. Okay. I had a great headmaster who, and great teachers who said, yeah, come and do maths and biology. Yeah, so, okay.
2: uh, biology, good math. Yeah. So, uh, and they, then, so how did you make it? So, that, this is quite fascinating. So, so, so 18, big crossroads. Yeah. You've got, you had, First child, Gethin. Wonderful mm. boy, by the way. Super quick. Yes. Very quick, so. Lovely lad. Yes. Lovely lad. Thank good you. Good winger. He was, uh, He's winger. He's, uh, he's anchored the other side of my son Thomas's. Uh, yeah. Wing. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Had, had a good season. Looking forward to Gethin next season. But no, yeah. We'll see. So um. So how had, had so, so you have Gethin, didn't quite make the grade mm-hmm. at, at, at at soccer. Got released. Um. Then how did you make it? That's quite a big jump into medical school. So yeah, it had, is. Had you you must have all did really well in your A levels, or you're already quite smart.
3: Um, I I did okay in my A levels. I got distracted, as you can imagine, for, for obvious reasons, and and uh, got an A and a B, which is good, and it got me into university. But it was okay. never clearly going to be enough to get straight into medical school. Oh, okay, okay. So I actually again made some network networks and, and the, the club welfare officer, who I will name check, Steve Ellis, brilliant guy, really sorted me out. You can imagine, he's got this 18-year-old boy on his hands who's just been released. Who's been a, turfed out of the club. Yeah, just been turfed out, who's now got a baby oh, yeah. who's a week old. Yeah, yeah, oh, and by the way, you've got to do A-levels in a couple of weeks, and what are you going to do for the rest it of your life? It could
2: quite go off the rails it quite It could, yeah, yeah.
3: So he scooped me up. We had a great deal with uh, the University of South Wales, uh, as they're now called, and I went and did medical science uh, for three years, and jumped over to Cardiff Medical School from ah, there. Basically, that's great. so that was a seven-year slog. Yeah. And I would always remember everyone laughing when I was released from the club, saying, seven years? You're having a lot. Like, like that's that's half your life." Anyway, you look back and go, "Wow, that went so quickly." And that seven years was worth every penny and every year and every yeah, hard evening. And
2: well, look work. look where you are now. Well, you you you're in a room in perthrology clinic with two yeah andrew and myself yeah it's yeah a pinnacle isn't it
3: with a bad back no hair and looking older than you both i will keep no, saying no. that so. <laughs> oh well done though i mean
1: you. You, you know from a, the point of view of what you went through as a teen parent you know it could have gone <clears throat> the way a lot of those things go where yeah. the yeah. stress of it just you it's know overwhelming, yeah. you know sends your life off the rails but it's great that your club had a Considered yeah. that they had a duty of care to you and helped you out, and that's yes. exactly what you need as a youngster mm-hmm. facing those sorts of challenges. Yeah, don't you? You oh. really need somebody to help you along because you're obviously a smart guy. Um, and uh, yeah, look at you now. I mean, Gareth Bale, he doesn't have any qualifications, does he?
2: He's just no. He's just a billionaire. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, so you qualified in 2000. What? What? That? Uh, when did? You, when did you qualify?
3: 2014. I, I qualified as a doctor, and then. Uh, yeah, from there did did a bit of training in, in Cardiff and South Wales. Again, it just it just proves when you're well supported that yeah. you can get through whatever life may throw at you. And, and my medical school were brilliant; they let me stay local, and yeah, I was yeah. always there for the for, for Gethin and Claire, my wife. So, but it, it, you need that support, you know. Yeah, and as yeah. guys, I don't think we we ask for it. We've got that, yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah. Maybe a bit it's of stigma which lucky. needs to be broken, you know. Yeah.
2: That's right. It's yeah. lucky you had that that net of the club. That was you know, and I think that's something you hear quite a bit about you know, sports sportsmen men, you know, after their career and well, sports women actually doesn't really matter yeah. after their career, sort of finding a little bit. And you I mean yours are shorter than you would have hoped, but Yeah. And so and, and so how did you make it out to here, Perth? What's it
3: like? Um so this is where my, my this is where Claire, my wife, sort of takes over. One wonderful, have... wonderful lady, Claire. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
2: Someone would say the better half. I think most would say the better half. The, yeah, any...
3: the better three quarters. I think it's pretty honest. obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's obvious, I know. Anyway, keep so yeah, I, uh, so, so I, you know the, the phrase batting. Well, well, Geffin, our son, always jokes that when we were eighteen, Claire was batting above.
2: She was batting apparently? Butt. I, I, really? I, I, I,
3: listen I, I grew up quickly so I can't see that at all. At 18 I was a handsome guy. Now now clearly at oh, 25
2: He's, he's saying... So the, the he table, also, how
3: the tables have turned.
2: P- yeah, exactly. P- punching above his weight is exactly. what he was Punching, yeah, batting, yeah. Is it yeah, yeah, the same well, sort of, you know... She, yeah. So Gefton was saying that she was... Bat- I don't, that, that, tell you what, that pictures. has changed, hasn't it? Mm.
3: Yeah. Ooh. So, um, anyway, it did change very quickly. Come 25, it's all gone downhill. So, I forget where we were going with this now, but... How yeah. did you get to Perth? Oh, that's it. So, Claire. Claire's was driven. She'd always said, you know, we've got to get out. We've got to do something different, life's short. Uh, you just don't know what's around the corner. And so I put all my trust in her and it was the right thing to do, definitely.
2: You, you were living in Cardiff still?
3: We were, yeah. And I was quite happy probably to to say, do you know what? I'll go and be a partner in a GP practice. Yeah. And I'll slog away for 30 years working four days a week with a nice mortgage, nice house. Buy, somewhere a, in-
2: buy a nice uh, holiday house and in the Galapagos. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. I yeah, know the yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, you're you're a surfer, uh, yeah. And I, I was going to say uh, an Englishman. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Richmond area, is that right? Is just Southland. Yeah. So you know, you know the area well.
2: Yeah, I know uh, South UK. Wales.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I could have easily done that and, and didn't, and and thank goodness we didn't. Because yeah. what a place this place is. Yeah. What a place to bring up a family.
2: Yeah, and this time
3: a planned family.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, it's a wonderful. Yeah. And, and so just just quickly on there, just we'll finish this up. Yeah, 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 and please, story, I, but, um, yeah, please. But um, so I think it's probably worthwhile talking about your two other wonderful children. So you've got Gloria and little Arthur's come on board yes, this year. Yes, that's so, right. So it's
3: right yeah. Exciting. yeah, so Gloria is seven. Very and Gloria is in her own little world and she is amazing. Yeah. She loves you guys. She's amazing, always yeah. uh, always on your shoulders or yeah, yeah. running around the side of a rugby pitch. And then you yeah, Arthur's three months and... Uh, He's a different kettle of fish again. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, busy uh, household in the event household,
3: isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And sometimes I do think, you know, at what stage does it all fall apart? And I think as guys, I don't know, let me ask you guys. It's a worry, I think, always that you've got this front and you support your family. And I see a lot of guys who say just worried that it's all going to fall apart something's going to happen because things are going too well you know you're dealing with every challenge you're getting through it next challenge getting through it so um so far so good
2: yeah well Uh, it's good it's good it's good to have you you know in Perth it's It's been good meeting you and sort of getting to know you on the side it's good to have you here yeah thank you I think you're doing a good job and I I, I think I'm excited about this this new venture for you
3: no likewise and uh I'd hope we can make this a a regular thing. And yeah, yeah, let's see where this man health clinic goes. It's another shameless plug again.
1: I think that's a perfect uh, point to take a break. And um, we'll come back and uh, talk in more depth about uh, men's health in general, I think.
0: Tackle Talk, a men's health podcast, is proudly supported by Perth Urology Clinic, Western Australia's largest urology practice.
1: All right, so we're back and um, we're talking with Lloyd Evans, GP and man health advocate. Thank we just you, heard his, his life story, which was really interesting, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's great,
1: way more interesting than mine. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> we've, we've all got a story, Andrew. Yes, you're yeah. not from Perth either. So. I know, yeah, well, anyway, I don't think
1: it. anyone wants to hear it. Um, <laughs> so with the sort of uh, the various sort of stages of of manhood I guess leading on from puberty to you know old age there are certain issues I think that are that crop up um that you can hone in on with with this uh man health um clinic and uh I thought maybe we would just go through those and and start off perhaps with the you know young um young man or, or adolescent who's transitioning into manhood because um I think that's an area where, which doesn't really get a lot of attention. And we've all got young sons who are sort of reaching that age. And I've got one who's already sort of gone through it. I think um, the main issue in terms of health for them is, is their mental health.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Um, and there are certain sort of physical things that they need to yeah. keep an eye on.
2: I was going to say. Furious masturbation, I think, is probably the main issue. (laughs) I got straight in there. (laughs) Furious (laughs) is the word. Yeah, we we can cut that bit out.
1: (laughs) Well, I guess that's um, you know that that could be a topic for another podcast, (laughs) Eddie, that you can do by yourself, solo. Yeah. Um, So you're, you know, what sort of things do you think uh, crop up in that age group? Say between sort of eighteen to, you know, twenty four.
3: Um, I, I think, I think you've, you've, hit it on the head with the, the mental health side of things. As a parent, it's probably one of my, it's one of my biggest worries when it comes to my son. And then if you guys are the same, I think physically there's very little that they need to focus on There is something which I think we'll talk about when it comes to t- testicles and foreskins, I think is mm-hmm. something to, to focus on in that sort of age group, but uh, mental health for me, uh, and that could be a podcast all on its own, couldn't it? Um, but it's you know these are often grumpy teenage boys who don't really want to talk about things they're a bit some are more forthcoming than others when it comes to relationships and telling their parents where they're going and who they're who they're going to meet and i think boys and men are all different aren't they anyway and everyone's got different personalities but I know my son is is probably not brilliantly confident um who knows I keep asking him about girls, boys, you know, relationships, but he's pretty shut off from that yeah, at the moment. Well, I, and, and I don't know if you guys find the same with your sons.
2: Yeah, I think I, I think that's pretty common. I mean, they're, they're 16 at this point, They're kind of sort of getting in, finding a little bit about themselves as, as sort of young men. And yeah. So I, I don't think it's unusual for them to kind of want to keep, play their cards a little bit closer to their chest and turn to telling their parents what they're up to. Yeah. But um, I think I think the sort of eight, 18 to 25 you sort of age range from a mental health perspective is quite interesting because like you said you sort of you go through that period you, you really do think you're bulletproof yeah you know sort of you, you know and you're sort of you're you're at probably not not quite the peak physically maybe that comes in your early 30s but you're sort of you're, you're pretty fit and you're strong and you're probably as good as you're going to be at that age mm-hmm. uh, and so you you just yeah you can really put your if I think about myself you put your body through quite a like, quite you know quite the run around yeah. you know I played a lot of a lot of rugby and and um a lot of sports like and there's just particularly in the UK there's quite a quite a sort of laddie culture around yeah. that you know and 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 that comes with quite frankly a lot of training but a lot of drinking as well yeah and you know, I think you know that that you know there's a camaraderie that comes with playing those sports and 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 that, and that kind of socializing but there's also you know if you keep that up mm. in your 30s and 40s well that's going to you know, that's going to catch up with you
3: yeah I think, yeah, using the phrase, sort of, you got away with it, I, I've started to say that a bit to some of my patients who are in their 30s and 40s who come with a, come in with a few symptoms. I think, you know, you're lucky that, you know, we've done blood tests, we've done some scans, and actually everything's come back normal, everything's pretty reassuring. And I said, you know what, you probably got away with it until now, but give it 10 years, and that childhood or that youth would have caught up with you a bit. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, bulletproof, invincible, all these words that get brandished around, I don't even know if I even thought about my health no, at that age. Not I was eating all. what I wanted. I was—I I don't drink, so I, I never have. And that was probably my sporting background that meant I didn't drink. So yeah, yeah. I can't relate to that side of things about battering my body with alcohol. Really. Yeah, okay. And I didn't batter my body with drugs either or, yeah, or smoking. But yeah, those yeah. things are, are all worries. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, just, if again, if I can plug man health... It's sort of saying actually there is there are things that need to be talked about at 18 to sort of twenty five thirty. Um, mental health opening up to that is one of them. And I think we've we cut to Andrew and asked maybe about testicles, given your background, that's probably the one thing that should be focused on. Yeah. As I think, well.
1: You know, as a urologist, uh, the things that we see in that age group are, you know, related to external genitalia because they start noticing um that things might not be quite uh, how they should be yeah. and they may be a bit embarrassed to come forward with it because, um, you know, they're reluctant or shy and they're not really 100% sure if it is normal or not. Yeah. Um, so things with the, the testicles, obviously, if if uh, as a boy goes through adolescence and their their balls get a bit bigger and, and heavier, um, they are at risk in some cases of uh, twisting on their blood supply, which is testicular torsion and that, usually is a very sudden severe pain um, which is associated with um, what we call constitutional symptoms like you know feeling sick, feeling um, nauseous, similar thing to you know getting kicked in the balls but it's quite a severe pain which comes on very suddenly as the ball twisting on itself and cutting off its blood supply and that is considered a surgical emergency so that needs to be dealt with, um, the ball needs to be untwisted within you know six hours really otherwise you can end up losing the testicle and the cases where we've seen where it, there's been late presentation is where boys are a bit you know reluctant to come yeah, forward you know it might have happened yeah. in the middle of the night um and they sort of suffer in silence until they realize that um on one side it's it's you know got very hard and more more swollen and if uh you know like a day or two has elapsed and that um Situation, then there's not much we can do to save the
2: testicle on that side. So, why why would it twist? Twisting as part of an injury, like in terms of like a sporting injury, does it just start to twist on its own?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, the The thought is that the tissues around the testicle usually hold it in place quite well, but in some boys, if they if those tissues are, are a bit loose or attached at a higher level, it allows the the testicle to twist on its axis. So it's what we call a like a bell clapper testicle. So it's like a the a clapper inside a bell.
2: A bell clapper.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, free to move. a great name. Yeah, so. I was going to say
2: freeboard about bell clapper. <laughs> yeah, player.
1: yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it's it's on a cord, obviously. You know, yeah. and and as they get heavier as boys develop, that's when they are at risk of um, twisting on themselves. Is is,
2: is this quite common, this? I've never heard of this,
1: twisting. We'll see, you know, the typical emergency department will see a few a month. A few a month, okay.
3: Usually sort of before 18, it's it's rarer once you hit 18. It's rarer,
1: but it's not. You still see it. Yeah, we still see it, so you still have to keep it in mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it can be hard to pick up on an ultrasound, and, you know, the ultrasound may delay getting to the actual Um, treatment that you require so often it's a fairly simple operation you know which is done pretty quickly and um can be sorted out and occasionally you will you know explore the situation and find out that it's not a twisted testicle but it's better to have that than to to leave it for too long and for the
3: testicle to die and and um and obviously there's fertility issues with and implications with that 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 teenage boys aren't thinking about yeah if if it was happening to someone in your Thirty-five who wanted a family, if something yeah. was going wrong with your testicle, you'd soon jump on it within yeah. Yeah, a that's few minutes, right. hours, you would hope. But as a teenage boy, yeah, as you say, they're yeah. a bit embarrassed. They don't know what's normal. They leave it. Next thing, yeah, they're struggling with fertility in 20 years' time, you know, yeah. maybe.
1: And certainly in that, in that area, as probably not in that age group, but a bit older, you can develop um, tumours in the testicle as well, which – so we encourage – you know, boys and men to perform regular self examination because only they will know what feels normal for them. And uh, if they feel anything hard or um, that's changed over time, then they should certainly present very quickly because testicular cancer can progress quite quickly, but it's also got a very high cure rate if it's picked up um, early and um, can be treated very successfully. So,
3: I'm going to add a bit of role-play to Andrew. Is that all right? Sure. I bought some, you guys clocked oh, a bag is, that I had
2: this, this is morning. <laughs> it's not, not, role it's not that type of podcast.
3: Interactivity. So that, how would it work you over, some balls? over podcast if I was to say to Andrew, right, here's a few different toys and pieces of oh. veg that I found this morning. <laughs> if you can choose one of these to maybe just give a bit of a, an interactive demo of how to examine a ball.
2: That is, balls? you know what, that what is not reckon? a silly question because I would, first of all, I was thinking that, what, what, yeah, I'm never quite sure when they say that, you know, I, I heard that sort of, you know, advice, well, you know, you need to be checking your balls, you know, just so, checking, you know, for hard things. I mean, what does, what, what does checking your balls look like? I mean, you just.
3: Tell us, Andrew, go for it. So for the, for the sake of the, the listener, I've got a, a, a few fake pieces of fruit from my daughter's toy box and a massive onion. That is a big onion. Um, I've also got a little lemon, which is sort of somewhere in the middle. And I think what this emphasizes probably is balls are all different sizes. Obviously, they shouldn't be too big or too small, but there's a there's a spectrum. I've also got this for, for effect, if you fancy this. Uh, what would you call that? A marrow. Uh, I
2: think I'd call that a marrow. I think a marrow? it's a zucchini, I think zucchini. It. It's massive. That's
3: so, massive. Uh, see, and, and, and we risk obviously making too much light of this. So it, there's a serious point to this, but yep. go for it, Andrew, see what you Yeah, there. look, I think, um, thanks for bringing those along. <laughs> Propto- if, you're, if your ball's the size of an onion,
1: by the way. <laughs> you need to maybe, some help. You do need to see us.
2: <laughs> Immediately.
1: It doesn't necessarily mean there's cancer. It's probably more likely you've got fluid around the testicles. It's <laughs> so a donkey's um, donkey That's another balls. podcast. If it feels like a, a, a small lemon, which is a bit rough on the outside, again, you need an ultrasound because that <laughs> that's not normal it should good. feel a little bit like a like uh, this, egg. this egg which is it's probably that's a hen's egg maybe it might be a duck's egg yeah, that, that's a little bit large yeah, I don't know yeah, Addy yeah. that might be more your size
2: <laughs> um,
1: <Seems> but they're <laughs> this they're generally you know soft and um a little bit squishy you don't want to squeeze it too hard at the back of the testis is is a sausage-like structure called the epididymis that's very sensitive okay. and if you grab that you'll know about it yeah right okay so you can you can palpate the testers you don't have to squeeze that hard but it should be smooth um slightly uh you know you should be able to squeeze it a yeah. little bit um it shouldn't be too firm and if there's any roughness on the surface or You know, a testicular tumour will will feel like a bit of gravel in the road. It'll, it'll, you'll run your finger over the testis, and then you'll come across this hard bit, and it's like a a hard rock that's that's in actually in the testis. So, um, or or might be protruding on the outside. So, so those are the things to look out for. But um, so quite
2: distinct. You, you know, in a sense you you'd know you you would know it's fairly obvious obvious, whenever I've done it, you know, people always say, "Oh, you got to check," and you go, then you start thinking, "Is that? Is that?" Is that something hot? Yeah. Is that is that it? But if, if I mean, it's quite reassuring to hear that it's quite obvious.
1: Yeah. As, and it's the testis itself that we are mostly concerned about. As opposed to? Well, the there are other um, parts of, you know, things within the scrotum, which ah. is the ball bag, yes, which um, you might feel from time to time, little lumps and bumps. There are cysts that you can get on the epididymis. Um, men who have had a vasectomy might actually get a little oh. bit of a, a lumpy feeling. um towards the bottom of the epididymis where yes. just beyond where the vasectomy was done. Yes. Uh, th- those are all fairly normal things, but ultrasound is very good at uh, detecting any abnormalities yes. within the scrotal area. So I think the take-home message is if anything doesn't feel quite right, then see your deep doctor and, and yeah, see yeah. The scan. Yeah, go see Dr. Lloyd. And well,
3: that's it. And, and I will say ultrasound, an, I don't think there's many doctors or GPs that are going to say... Uh, oh, okay you felt a new lump it's probably okay. you're, it's probably a cyst or it's probably yeah. you know nothing you know I would always go and get an ultrasound and uh yeah, you know, yeah. so Check yeah it rest out. assured it, it would always be taken seriously no matter how tedious it may seem to somebody or if you're not sure just get it checked out yeah, it's yeah, not I, being, think
2: that, I think that's a good message so what 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 ages are we talking about because we're still we're still in the 18 to 25. you've is that something we really need to be thinking about at 18 to 25?
1: Yeah, testicular cancer is generally uh, one of the most common cancers in young men. Is that right? Yeah, solid solid organ cancers because you have things like leukemia as well, which is yeah, a, you know, a blood cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two different types of testicular tumors, um, ones which are called non-seminomatous and then there's a seminomatous one and they have a slightly different age distribution. Yeah. So the non-seminomatous, non-seminomatous germ cell tumors are made up of the um germ cell components so those are the things that actually go on to become part of the the sperm um you know that develop a a human when joined with a an egg Um, whereas the seminoma is actually the um the the sperm producing cells um becoming cancerous and those 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 patients usually a little bit older so late 20s to early 30s but we have seen in in Older patients as well, so um, okay. patients in their forties and fifties, and even
3: sixties. So it's,
2: so it's almost it's almost the opposite of prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is something really start to see like yeah. more in your forties. Yeah, it? Yes. a lot of
3: cancers, right? A lot yeah. of cancers are, are De, age related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things will go wrong as you get older. Yeah, this is one, I guess you've got to really think about think yeah. about yeah. really. So yeah, young guys,
1: you know, as you say, they they feel bulletproof, they think nothing's going to happen to them. But um, this is one area where, you know, they need to keep an eye on things, keep their eye on the ball, Uh ball. or their hands on them, and, uh, you know, present if they feel that there's anything abnormal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's good. What about, and I think you mentioned, Lloyd, I, Mm. I was quite intrigued by this, Foreskin? What? 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 Uh, What what could possibly go wrong with your foreskin?
3: Oh, you know. So I see this a lot as a GP. It probably doesn't. Yeah, it probably doesn't make its way to Andrew uh, as much as it does to me. I I get a lot of often mums actually, who bring babies and toddlers and even six, seven, eight year olds in, saying he can't put his foreskin back. My husband can, you know. Or, or or I've seen other people can, or even other boys can. Or is this something to be worried about? 99% 99% of the time, and I think that I, I use that that as a, as a phrase, but I think it is 99% of the time, all foreskins will be able to be retracted by the age of about 18, right? You know, don't quote me exactly on that, but most of the time it isn't anything worrying. Um, and uh, it often just needs a bit of watchful waiting and these foreskins will eventually be able to be retracted. Um, but it's something that I see a lot with... Yeah, mums and, and babies and toddlers. And it's often, as I say, it's often reassurance. Now, I know there are worrying signs to look out for, something called BXO, Balanitis Xerotica obliterans, which is the one you don't want to miss. And again, I, I'm I'm edging into Andrew's territory here, but that's the one thing as a GP I don't want to see is a, is a sort of a red, uh, let's say, it's a white, pearly, scarred foreskin. So mm-hmm. foreskins will be tight yeah. in kiddies. Um, but when you start seeing these thick, white, sometimes bleeding, quite sore oh. foreskins, which which you do see, um, they are things that won't just get better on their own. Yeah, yeah. They they need to be operated. The look I'm on so- your face, Eddie.
2: <laughs> well, it just sounds. I wouldn't know any. I interact, actually, like a teenage boys I face, don't have right? a foreskin, but that's, okay. that's yeah. Well, that's
1: the foreskin is is it's got a lot of elastic uh, yeah. elastin in the mm. tissue, so it's a very elastic piece of skin, and you're you're completely right um it shouldn't be forcibly retracted uh before puberty I, yeah. I don't think you know as long as it's as long as they're keeping it clean it's not they're not getting infections mm-hmm. it's not hurting that type of thing yeah. um then uh just leave it alone it because it'll it's actually quite adherent to the underlying um head of the penis yeah, yeah, yeah. up until about you know 14 to 18 and yeah. then it starts to separate and that's when you can re- retract it back um and the cases which lead to uh bxo or lichen sclerosis which you've yeah. talked about it's really just a chronic inflammatory scarring yeah uh, of that tissue and so whenever you get scar tissue you get excessive collagen and you lose that elasti- elasticity so that the foreskin is not able to be retracted back well and it's probably occurs from little micro cuts in the skin and then they're exposed to moisture as um, that area is, and the, the the underlying tissue becomes waterlogged or edematous, and so, so it's always trying to heal in that sort of edematous environment. And so they get excessive collagen yeah, yeah. deposition. I'm not a pathologist, or so somebody who's listening to this probably saying he's got it completely wrong. This is my <laughs> this is my uh, slightly you, just, you know basic understanding of it. Um, just take it off. So take it off. yeah, the, the 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 treatment for that is circumcision. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. because the more you try and forcibly retract it, the more cu- uh, trauma you'll cause, and yeah, then the, okay. it'll try to heal itself again, and the the um, the scarring will just get worse. Some young guys also have uh, quite a tight frenulum, which is the know, banjo, clots, string, banjo right? string.
2: The banjo, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another great name, banjo string.
1: Yeah, and... We see that quite often as well, where that might have torn, usually when they're starting to become sexually active. Yes, okay. Um, either Which is
2: 18 to 25, to be fair.
1: Yeah. Peach. And they're, they're saying, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm getting an erection. It's getting hard to retract the foreskin. It's, it's usually okay when it's flaccid, but when they get an erection, it's, it's difficult to pull it back because of that tight area. And we can do a, a fairly minor procedure called a frenuloplasty to divide
3: that and, and make the foreskin um, more mobile. I was going to say, some boys actually, in my experience, they actually tear that back. Yeah. And we don't do anything about it, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, so it might it Can uh, bleed a lot. Yeah. Because there's a little so,
1: frenular artery in there. Yeah. So um, we'll and they, yeah, they, it it looks like,
3: yeah. yeah. They... A bloodbath. Yeah. Yeah. It can bleed a lot. Yeah. And I guess still, what about health seeking behavior then? If that happens, a lot of guys might be scared to go and, Tell somebody about it or do anything about it? Do you, I, uh, you still recommend seeing a GP? Or if it's bleeding excessively, go to the hospital? Well, what's your experience I, I, I with it? Sh-
2: I imagine if you've got, if, if you're starting to bleed. You'd be surprised, you i be, I reckon. Really? I
3: reckon a lot of guys would be there.
2: Going, I am going straight to the hospital, straight away. Actually, I think actually I'm calling you first. There's a stigma,
3: right? There's a stigma with that that needs to
1: be broken. I think it's fair enough. I don't think I've heard of anyone bleeding to death from it. No, okay. um, <laughs> no and most it's a very tiny artery and it de- usually will go into a spasm and, and stop by itself. Yeah. Um but yeah it can it can lead to a lot of bleeding i'm never going to say don't go to no, your doctor because you're you know you've got nothing to worry about uh but they'll usually just get a bit of reassurance and then you can examine it once it's healed up mm-hmm. and decide is this a, a full tear which as you said doesn't really require anything because they've done what you're going to do surgically yeah. anyway yeah um or is there a, is there a scar tissue which has caused it to contract back and they're going to need you know uh, uh to the, to have a formal friend or friend to release Very it probably. a bit more yeah. otherwise they'll just keep tearing it
2: Right, well, that's, that's, so that's it. Sorry, that's good. So 18 to 25.
3: Yeah.
2: Foreskins, check your balls.
3: Yeah, mental health, which mental is a po- health. I reckon is a podcast in itself. Yeah. So mental it health will sort of almost carries, carries
2: through all the way through. Y- yeah, yeah, very true. true. I, but, think, I guess yeah. you're just trying to find find yourself at 18 yeah, yeah. to 25. So let's just jump into the next stages of life. So 25, kind of where you are now, actually. 24, well, 25, should we say 25 to, to to 40? I think yeah. so. Yeah. That, that's a good 25 to 40. So basically... Peak, peak manhood. Uh, yeah, okay. Peak manhood. I think, actually, we're probably still there, Andrew. I, I, li- I like
1: to think of myself as... As peak manhood? Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, geez. <laughs> going right. downhill very, very
1: slowly. Yeah, you yeah. are
2: going downhill. So am I, but it's, it's yeah. very slowly. Yeah, with, That's the break, the with the brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so, so um, tw- let's say 25 to 40, Nate, things change quite quite dramatically, I think. I think, again, if I just think about myself um, as a sort of typical, typical bloke, you know, you're playing a lot of sports in your twenties, or, or exercising, or whatever. You're sort of active, quite active. Maybe you've had you started to have kids in your thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot, you know, from my perspective, I stopped playing sort of competitive rugby at 33, um, and and then and and you sort of start to miss something there, really, because yeah. you know, up until that point, you know, as a you know, that that's a big part of your yeah. Your life, you're sort of training, and, and that camaraderie yeah. aspect of it, and, and you sort of get into those, your sort of late twenties, thirties, and approaching your forties, and and I think that's probably where, apart from the physical aspects of of your your health, the, the mental health stuff does really come mm-hmm. into it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, but any, anyway, just more broadly, what what are the kind of things that people should be sort of thinking about in terms of their their, their mental health between their the sort of late twenties, let's say thirties, and approaching your forties? Because it's quite distinct, isn't it?
3: It is, I think, uh, that that ability to start juggling life and yeah, all yeah. the challenges that come with family and I think fertility oh. might be something that st- a lot of guys yeah, or okay. some guys have to think about.
2: It's the first time you sort of think about it yeah. at that stage. But yeah, up, yeah. up until that point, you th- it's the last thing in your mind. Yeah, like, exactly. Fertility. Yeah.
3: You're trying to actively avoid you're it. You're trying to avoid <laughs> fertility. Unless you're me who somehow, yeah made that mistake yeah. but hey
1: That's okay. uh, well i think you might you might be trying to you know depends on if you've been fertile and you've had you know like three kids in a very short space of time uh and your wife says i don't want any more and you know you're you've completed your family then you're looking at a fertility solution well the, this is quite of-
2: uncanny andrew this is my, it's my story actually. <laughs> <laughs> glad you brought this up
1: <laughs> yeah so you know you're looking for a Vasectomy, which is a great option for for to control male fertility, yeah. but on the other side of the coin, um, you know, if you have an infertile couple coming along because they've been struggling to um, get pregnant, then um, a significant uh, number of the causes are due to male, what they call male factor infertility. So, um, both you know, both of them need to be investigated. But and I can't remember what the well, the statistics are for male factor infertility.
3: Again, it's a, a subject for another podcast. Um, I think having gone to your, and can I, can I mention your clinic? Perth Urology Clinic's uh, a talk that I actually went to that was brilliant about six weeks ago. If I remember, please correct me if I'm wrong, it's a third women, female factors, a third male factors, and a third a known or Jeez, he something else? Was, I he was listening. I, I was. Took, I think he took notes, Andrew. I think it's a third, a third, a third. Correct.
2: Well, let's let's go. In and that. I think let's it was Trent
3: that. that actually gave that talk, so maybe he can
2: cross-reference
3: that. Yeah, we'll probably have to get Trent back for that. But yeah. that sounds
2: so. But, yeah, there you go. That right. sounds. <laughs> That sounds, it sounds plausible to me and I don't know. Anything, yeah. So I think that's pretty
3: good. It fits nicely. Yeah. But,
2: but sort of keep on. So I, yeah. I think that, that in, infertility, I guess in, in, yeah, that, I mean, that's obviously a big part of it because you're starting to think about having kids for, for a lot of people I and mean, not everyone, but you start in, that's the period where you're starting to think about having kids. And I guess that's, it comes as a shock if all of a sudden you can't conceive. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't really know what's going on, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So, what what what's primarily driving it? Is, Are there a number of things that are driving that male factor sort of infertility? Is it, is it a number of things, or is it primarily just just swimmers aren't swimming well enough?
1: Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, various factors. Again, I'm not an expert in this area, mm-hmm. but um, you, you can either have uh, like low quality sperm, so they're just not swimming very well, or some people have you know a blockage in the duct. Um, that's transferring the sperm, so they have no sperms whatsoever. Yeah, okay. Um,
2: they, they're getting produced, but they're not just making their way down the tube. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so there's a blockage there, and then you can have uh, problems with the actual production of sperm yeah, yeah. Um, at the at the cellular level yeah. uh, due to some, you know, whether it's 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 due to a. A pre-existing problem um that, that person you know was just never going to produce sperms or or they there might be some environmental factor like they were exposed to some um chemicals that uh, has impaired their fertility or you know mumps, mumps virus yeah. mumps orchitis is a, um it's not very seen very often these days uh with the yeah. vaccinations that we have but uh that was known to impair fertility down the track um, and then you you have conditions like a, a varicose vein in the around the testis, which is called a varicocele, Which if that occurs at puberty, it can change the temperature within the the testis and, and impair fertility as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that needs to be assessed by a specialist. And um, you know there are several tests that you go through. Uh, yeah, Trent will always say uh, you have <laughs> you have to. The first thing you have to check is if they're actually
3: having sex right. Yeah, yeah.
2: If they're having sex right. Yeah. Is there a wrong way to do it? <laughs> I might actually take. Well, gonna, I might take some notes now. Actually, at this point,
3: you've got to optimize the conditions of it. I guess. Is the I way. think you did it correctly. Eventually, you've got to opt- yeah. opt- what, you optimize. optimize you the
2: conditions? Think. What that's candle? Yeah. What candles?
3: Yeah, get get the mood right. You know, what if you can't get an erection? You know, you've got that's to start. That, get that. the candles going. Get yeah. the get the mood right. Get, the a, get, a bit of, get a Mio. bit of
2: Barry White on. <laughs> Do people still listen to Barry no. White? Well, it's we take it on. for granted
3: that
1: everyone's properly sex educated, yeah, but that's true. you know there may be people uh, cultural aspects. Cultural aspects, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But even you know, some people who perhaps for whatever reason were shielded or yeah. were yeah, yeah were absent from school on the day that they did that Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Course. Uh, there, was a, there was a story about um, a couple who were trying to conceive and they figured out, you know, they went through all the tests and they all, they're all they all normal. The male was producing sperm and the female was um, producing, you know, eggs and not having the, hormonally, they're all fine. Turned out through further questioning, he was ejaculating into her belly button. <laughs>
2: Okay. Wow. A,
3: that was an easy fix.
2: That was an easy fix.
3: Sounds like a porn film, but uh,
2: yeah, that, 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 that was that was easy fix. That is well, that is true. <laughs> so you can't prejudge. I'm sure. I guess you got are they doing no. it right. So assuming they're doing it right, yeah, yeah. then I guess there's, there's 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 other things to look out for. I, I think I think it
3: brings us on to the boring bit that may maybe the less fascinating stuff. It's not just about balls, sperm and sort of tubes yeah. there's if you came to see me as a GP saying you know I'm struggling to Conceived. to have it to, con- to conceive yeah we ask well you know, how, are you doing it correctly how often are you doing it how long have you been trying but a lot of the time I'm going to be asking are you smoking are you overweight are you diabetic um uh, what you know is your blood pressure up can you actually get an erection can you maintain an erection there's so many other things on Andrew about Fertility, not just other balls working, yeah, you not know, are you literal plumbing. Yeah, the you, sort of
2: that overall health. It's the overall health as I as think is so important. Plumbing, and yeah. I think
3: unfortunately guys, once they hit twenty five to forty, yeah, you start neglecting that bit because yeah. you're trying to get somewhere in your career, you're trying to you know trying to make relationships, yeah. you might already have a child and, and they take priority and you don't find the time to exercise and all these things. Actually, if you just got your got your health in decent order and Come and get the new dad check with me at Man Health, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll make sure, ideally, that you know what we are optimizing all that, and um, uh, and I think so that's important never to ignore. You know,
1: it's- yeah. And whilst we consider these guys young men, um, they can certainly have the start um, of what we consider lifestyle uh, illnesses that that is they've actually started in you know their puberty years of childhood obesity on the rise and uh you know if there's genetic factors in there which uh, are predisposing them to you know things like diabetes Mm. and then they you you put on top of that lifestyle issues like poor poor diet smoking use of recreational drugs um you know even though they're young and young guys can get away with a lot and they respond very well to modifications they the 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 seeds of um those lifestyle illnesses which manifest in middle age are planted um during that part of their yeah. their life and and so it's really important that and, I'm not, and I think not enough attention is given to that um in terms of maximizing the health of those that yeah. age group to because that's yes. when you get the biggest bang for your buck in yes, terms of preventative healthcare, yeah. but conversely that is
3: the age group that is least interested in going to the yeah. doctor yeah 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 definitely yeah. Yeah. if only they could see 20 years later and right yeah. in hindsight and go yeah do you know what if only i'd have just made a few little changes there to my habits things would be a lot better maybe now mm-hmm. i think that's uh yeah that's important
1: well we might break there um and then come back and talk about some of the other um age groups and the various illnesses that uh and you know lifestyle issues that can occur then.
2: We're getting into our age group here, Andrew, so we're going to have a lot to say.
1: Yeah, that's... that's
0: Fortune over.
1: That's the scary part. (laughs) At least we'll know, we'll we'll sound like we know what we're talking about.
0: (laughs) This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. The use of this information and the materials that link to this podcast are at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Anyone listening to this podcast with a medical condition should seek individual medical advice and should not use this podcast to delay treatment or disregard the information given to them by their health professional for treatment of their condition. The information used in this podcast should not be used as a substitute for expert medical opinion in any medico-legal proceedings.